This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. Back in action on five on three. We actually have three people today. How about that? Uh, with Chris Hennessy, Jackson Heil, I'm Jack Caldwell. You're welcome. We'll hit on <laughs> the three locals on today's podcast. Yeah, I mean... It's been five on two almost half the time. Yeah, it has. This early stretch of the season. So we've got Jackson coming in. Thanks for joining us. Listen, I'm, I'm always here for you guys. <laughs> I, I, I got, I got the better things sometimes to do, but listen, always a pleasure coming on with the fellas. You always got to unleash some Rangers takes. You just have to get it last out of your time, system. Yeah, last time I was Last time you were here bad. was bad. It was, it was, it was really <laughs> bad. Yeah, we, we had a little reflection last yeah, week. Yeah, we had, we had a previous refle- weeks. We had a reflective segment last week. Yeah. Uh, it might be so another one Things are looking better now, I think. <laughs> I have more faith in Quinn. I, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see about that. I, I, I got some things to say later. So. Well, I guess, I guess we'll start with those Rangers, oh, and it looked on. like they were getting back on no, track. No, all right, Jack, come Jack. On, no. I'm going to make, an, I'm gonna make no. an executive decision you as can't. You cannot, the OG no. member of this podcast okay. and say we can't talk about the Rangers first. Teams won double-digit games in a row around start here. With the Islanders, the number one e- team e- in hockey, even, resides though, in even though really not one single human being out there cares at all. <laughs> Excuse you. We we we're gonna have to mention it, unfortunately. All right, that's fair. We'll start with the Islanders then, and I'll hand it over to Chris Hennessy. Ten in a row. You had a little. You you gave a little subtle shot to the Rangers actually yesterday on Twitter. I did. Yes. When you said it good teams don't lose to the Senators at home. It's true. So why don't you tell? It's us? tough to lose to the Senators at home. We'll get to the Rangers, who gave up six goals to the Senators at home. But it's tough to uh, lose to the Senators in general. Fair enough. You know um, the, the Islanders. They covered up that car though, which I'm a big fan. Yeah, of. Yeah, they the got Barclays rid. They get rid of the car in the, in, in Brooklyn. Um, no, but ten in a row. Uh, they got. There's some good teams in there. Now they've beaten some bad teams, including Ottawa twice. I'm not going to deny that, but there have been some good teams in there to beat Tampa Bay, to go on the road and beat Buffalo. They've had some really good wins over the last week, and I. I'm looking at the schedule and like, look, Pittsburgh's going to be a tough game. I'm not denying that, but there's no game that I'm not confident the Islanders can at least compete in or win at this point. Yeah, everything is swinging right for them, and that that was the story of last year. And we said there's no way that can continue for another year, and yet things have been swinging even, but even last better year, for them. Even last year, there were teams that I didn't think they had a prayer to beat. Like when they were playing against Carolina, I was like, all right, well, great. If they beat Carolina, they have no chance to be Boston. These yeah. Right now, the way they're playing, I feel like they could play with anybody That's yeah right. I think Barzal has been so good because last year the story was and you preach this pretty much every single week we did the podcast when it comes down push when push comes to shove who's putting the puck in the back of the net who's your go-to guy and they have Barzal and some other I mean you have Derek Brassard playing like yeah. it's 2015 again it things are starting to come together and even last night when Barzal doesn't have a great game they have they scored goals from Cal Clutterbuck Cole Bardrow Casey Zizekas take a, take a three run lead and then Josh Bailey put one in at the end. And Bailey's did, did you just say a three run lead? Three one lead. Oh, I thought you said a three run lead. Three kind of sounded lead. like that. Oh, maybe I misspoke. <laughs> three three one lead. There we go. Um, there. Sorry, I just had to score. They scored three goals and Ottawa had scored one. Um, and then Josh Bailey put one at the end. Yeah, Josh Bailey's been outstanding. Uh, he just keeps putting the puck in the back of the net. Uh, it was eleven years ago. He was the number five overall pick and. Finally, he's the number one scorer on the team the last four or five years. He's been really good, so uh, good to see him having another good season. But they've had a ton of injuries, and they've overcome it, and they've looked really good doing it. It's the magic of Barry Trotz and yep. Lou Lamarillo. S- speaking of Bailey, that brings up you bring up a funny point there because I just remember 
back when they were playing Florida. I was at game four. What was it? No, it was game three when Hickey had the overtime winner. That sounds right. It's either game three or One game of the four. Game, it was know. game three or game four. Um, I believe it was game three. Uh, but every time Bailey touched the puck, he would get booed by the entire yeah. fan base. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's where and like that's beloved. where Josh Bailey yeah. was at. And then a few years ago, he finally bursts onto the scene and breaks out. And he's been good ever since. And signed the extension. Fans love him. But he signed a team-friendly extension. Plays great in Tavares' last year. And then it's been really good over the last two years. Can we talk about the chants? No, Especially, it's I don't fantastic. Get, I don't get it. So it's, it's a parody of a real song. Yeah, but so they say, I want to know if you scored a goal. They usually chant it when he hasn't scored a goal yet. The answer is no. Why are you one chanting time I, it? One time I was there and they were singing the song and then he scored a goal as they were singing the song. That was pretty cool. So that's cool. And you know what? If you chant it right after he scores a goal, that I get it. And that's actually pretty cool. But they chant it usually when he has yet to score a goal every <laughs> oh, well. time he touches the puck. The answer is no. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't get why it's a thing. Uh, I don't like it, but oh, well. <laughs> Uh, but he's been really good on the other wing of Barzal and Lee, which is a spot that's obviously been held by Eberle for the rest of the se- for the first part of the season. Eberle's been out for the last eight games. I think it's nine games now. Um, and he's just practicing a non-contact jersey now. So um, it's going to be a tough thing for Trotz. I mean, we kind of talked we talked about this with the Yankees. Like, when they get back, who are you going to take out? Because they've been so good. Dare we give credit to Garth Snow, some of these guys no. coming up from his regime? No. Absolutely, Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. No, I'm not giving any credit to Garth Snow. But these you guys know, have played well. Right, and they played like hot garbage when Barry Trotz wasn't their coach. So that well, well, there's the point that maybe that was more of the problem. Yes. Well, here's the thing: I won't even give credit to Lou Lamarillo. I know. Yeah, no, I was, I was about he, to say that's what I'm he hasn't done anybody either. Lou's bar- he made a couple smart signings after right. they missed the, the, the thing. Harris. The thing I'll give him credit for is is hiring Barry Trotz. Right. And the that, that was too. that yes. was the only good thing he's done. I'll give. Oh, he re-signed Eberle and Nelson this offseason. And, and maybe Barry Trotz doesn't come to the Islanders if Lamarillo isn't in charge because the organization signing those guys is easy. I understand that, but he still did it. And under Garth Snow, there was no guarantee they were going to resign anybody ever. I mean, with the amount of cap space they had, they had to. I understand. I, I, I think I, more, I, I more than anything, it's just stability. I will the fact give... that they're a classy, well-run organization when they really hadn't been since the early 80s. Oh, stop with that. that classy. No one cares about classy. Yeah, the, the classy, players well-run respect organization. It. The players respect here's it. What That's I'll how give, you get people to Here's go what there. I'll give Lamarillo credit for. He's clearly got the ear of the owner, Yep, which is very important. And... He hired the right coach. Those are the two things he's done. Personnel-wise, I don't think he he's done, done He hasn't done anything it's in years. Tom in Kudon, general. Derek Brassard, uh, Leonard Slash Ramalov, um, Leo Komarov, Valtteri Filppula. Yep. Uh, Walshman Dobson he drafted. You mentioned Brassard, I think. Yep. Um, That's about it. But, like, it's it's a bunch of, like... Matt Martin. It's a bunch of scrubs, to yeah. be quite no, honest. No, I know. It's all bottom Min- six Minus guys. a few. Like, it's minus all a few guys. Guys. Like, Broussard's obviously been good in this stretch, even though he got off to a rough start. He got off to an awful start. I don't think you can depend upon him to score a goal every game. No, I understand that. But they moved him to the wing. He scored a goal in five straight games. So maybe it's just the fact that he's not a center anymore. We talked about that last week. But I don't know. They've been winning a lot of hockey games, so I'm not exactly going to complain about it. How could you, too? No, I know. I mean, it's, it's just remarkable. The goaltending, too. How, 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 that's how this happens. Both, both of them are in top 10 of save percentage and goals against average yep. right now in the entire league, which is wild. Because you, you look at the Islanders, and I mean, in terms of like expected goals per game, they're like middle of the pack in general. And I mean, shots numbers wise, they're not, they're certainly not a great team. 
because Every, I'm they, sorry, they bleed Chris, a lot. they're incredibly boring to watch. I will say they that. are, but they win Fine. hockey. They win but hockey they games, win. man. So I don't care. If you're a, fa- if you're a fan, care. you take it and you run with it. From I, a from a subjective Ranger fan standpoint, who has to cover them, they can be very boring. I don't to know watch. if I texted this to you or somebody <laughs> else. I don't know. Watching the Buffalo Sabers game on Saturday night, Sunday night. Whenever that was, was like watching paint dry. That was <laughs> yeah. unbelievably boring. Oh yeah, when they well, both teams had like twelve <laughs> shots, fourteen like shots on goal third. in the second period. And the one goal was scored from behind the goal line. Wow, that was a boring game, but they won. So I think it was Saturday night, Saturday the second. But yeah, that was that was a very boring game. But no, in general, they play a boring game because they play defense. It's just weird to me because like this team is the second worst in terms of shot metrics in the entire league, but at the same time. They don't bleed quality like at all. No, they don't. Like they're and again, they're middle of the pack when it comes to expected goals. Like they're, which they, is why they, I think I you'll feel see like this level out. They're eleventh worst in the league. I feel and like it happened last year too, but they just keep winning, and and that that's where I can't fathom it because it's not a team that has just a, an abundance of skill up front. They listen. They've been decent paper, top six. They have a decent top six. Barzal's a pretty good player, obviously. And you have some good complementary pieces, but you have literally a black hole in the bottom six. The D's pretty good, they're, even they're though they have lines. holes. Their third line for three consecutive games, which they all won, was Ross Johnson, Cole Bardrow, and Michael Dalcall. Yeah. Those three like players NHL. are NHL players. AKA like, literally bad. none of the three of them are NHL players. And they won, ga- and they won games. And Johnson scored a goal in one of them. Like, like for the Rangers, it's easy to understand why they're bad, but it's also easy to understand why they why they steal games because they have elite talent up front. Like, you have right. Zibanejad, you have Panarin, you have other guys who they can have the ability to go off talent. and score five goals. Exactly. And without getting a ton of shots on right. that. Like, they have skill to do that. The Islanders, I look at them and it's just like, how are they doing this with pretty mediocre talent around the room. Well, that's why you do have to be scared in a seven-game series. And that's, I think, the Islanders faced the team in the Hurricanes that were just blatantly more talented than them, and they met their maker. I don't think a four-game series is the way you look at it, but if you were to play a seven-game series against maybe a Washington or a Carolina, even if the Islanders have a better record, you still, I think, would have to take Well, I'm not, even, I'm not even there. I'm not even thinking about a seven-game series yet. I, I'm still looking that this team is, what, 14 games in, and... I'm not going to make a full judgment because I think they're by pretty the looks, set on the playoffs by the looks now. of it, their ten game run is bordered on. I'm not going to call it luck specifically, but right. like by the numbers, it looks pretty lucky that mm-hmm. they've won ten in a row. Yep. This looks like a mediocre hockey team in all regards. But at the same time, I cannot ignore that they did pretty much the same exact thing last year mm-hmm. and went to the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. So it, it, it's really tough for me to judge this Islander team, whether it's trots, whether it's the goaltending, whether they're just finding ways to score. I, I just don't know how they do it. It, it. It's rather remarkable how the Islanders have been as good as they have been over the, what, the last 100-plus games under yep. Barry Trotz. Mm-hmm. But, hey, if it gets the job done, it gets the job done. No, and I, I think the goaltending cannot be praised enough. They, the two of them have been... Outstanding. Well, and right. the way that Trotz has it's juggled like, them too has been yeah. Semi Farlamov, this good. I don't know. Like, I, think, I think it's his life in Colorado. I sat, I, it's a, it's a lesser. Me, I sat here and screamed about how bad he was. It's the lesser workload. I think it's the defense in front of him, but also there there is. Oh, I, I don't know if it's luck. So it's weird. I you saying this? I sat in this chair and <laughs> no, said Varlamov was going to be bad by November first, and on November second he shut out Buffalo, who was in first place. Well, he was bad in those first he couple was games. So he's not. He look. He's had a really good run. 
he still is Semyon Varlamov, but if we they can figure out how Leonard to balance too. him. We said it about Leonard, too. Leonard goes off for a Vezda Trophy candidacy. So it can happen. And I think that you mentioned the seven-game series. Maybe part of the problem was they rolled with Leonard for eight games. I, ro- I love Robin Leonard. I wish he was on the Islanders. Maybe the issue was they rolled with him for eight straight games. And that these two goalies, or three goalies if you include Leonard, aren't good enough to play 65 games in a season. They aren't good enough to so play you, eight games in 20 I days. I mean, this is looking far ahead, but you're saying you'd almost want to juggle the goaltenders absolutely, in the playoffs. Absolutely. It makes sense because that's how they play because now. Because that's how they're playing now. They're going every other game. They've won, they've won every single game they've played yep. in the last month. They've won every game they've played since October 12th, and they've alternated goalies. So why would you change that? Here's like the one thing that just weirds me out. Like You look at the bottom six teams in Corsi this year. Rangers are number one. Which is not surprising at all. No. Then you have the Islanders at two. Ottawa, three. Chicago, four. Anaheim, five. And the Devils, six. Can you just explain to what Corsi is? Corsi is, is essentially plus minus when it comes to shots. That 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 is Corsi. Okay. Um, it's the, it, they call it Corsi four percentage, which means your shots four percentage, essentially your shot share for the game. Yeah. It's all shot attempts, unblocked, blocked. And shots that miss the net, of course. Um, which is, I think is a pretty good way to judge how good of a hockey team is. The Islanders are the only team in that mark with above 10 wins. Ottawa sucks. The Rangers suck. Chicago's pretty terrible. The Devils are bad. Anaheim's all right. But I, I see them falling apart relatively soon. It, it's like, I just like am so confused how this is happening. Because it happened last year, too. No, I know. And there's really no explanation for it other than the goaltending. But at the same time, like I mentioned, like they don't bleed a ton of quality chances. And when you do that, you give your goaltender an opportunity to make a lot of saves and get comfortable within the game, which I think is my theory as to why the Islanders' goaltending has been so good because they don't give up a ton of grade-A chances. Right. And even though they're giving up a ton of shots, that allows Varlamov and Grice to essentially get involved in the game early and mm-hmm. get them comfortable. Right. Feel, feel the puck before you're, yes, getting, exactly. before you're getting lit up. And even last night, they don't give up a ton of quality chances. The one they do, Pulak turns the puck over behind the net. J.G. Pajot sitting in front of the slot all by himself, and he, and he shelves one on Grice. So they, they give up a quality chance, and Thomas Grice is Thomas Grice. He's not, you know, he's not Patrick Waugh. Yeah, I understand he's that. Not God. He's, <laughs> I he's understand not God. He's not God. I understand that, but he's fourth in the league in goals against average right now. So, oh, man. All right. Let's go to the Rangers. Yeah, on oh, to the really? Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, great. Another <laughs> team I love talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, it was weird. I don't really, speaking of things I don't understand, how you beat, I mean, the Lightning are not the Lightning right now, but no, they, they did beat a, a, a team that is just blatantly, significantly better than them on paper. And then Look you, good, do it, too. You go into Nashville, who are playing pretty well. In Nashville, a tough play to pl- place to play. And they, on a Saturday afternoon, like this is a game that Nashville should win. They took it to them. They, they did. They looked they better. Really uh, and then to lose six to two against Ottawa at home, and mind you, the Rangers beat the Senators what, like four to one at the beginning of the year, and just probably easily could have been a lot more. The Rangers just looked so much better than them to lay an egg like that. The way they did, I mean, I. I think in the first 11 minutes, Ottawa did not take a shot on goal, and then after that, it just imploded Jackson. When was the last time a team got outshot 11 nothing in the first 11 minutes of the game and ended up winning by four goals, on the road especially? And let alone this is the Ottawa Senators too, one of the least talented teams we've seen in the last five years. 
I mean, it, it, it was terrible. And the reason they lo- the reason they won was because Brady Kachuk was surmounting a ton of real estate yeah. inside of every New York Rangers head. I mean, they, they took like 1,800 penalties, it they, felt they like. They just looked like hotheads. They, they were, they were young mu- hotheads. There were multiple fights when they didn't need them, which was dumb in the first place. Then they take two dumb penalties in the first period. And I'm not going to blame bounces, but I mean, every bounce went out of his way. That night, and the the Rangers were terrible. And Every bounce had four goals. Yeah, I know, and that's what I'm saying. Um, they, the Rangers clearly deserve to lose this game, but like they they couldn't get a bounce to go their way. I mean, and you, you, at some point you just got to scrap it up to say, hey, it's a it's a terrible performance. You like, give like, any, what are you going to do? You give any NHL team six chances on the power play, they should score yeah, two goals. No, I mean you you it that they you're exactly right, Chris. I mean it was terrible. It was pretty heinous to watch, to be quite honest. But what? makes me mad now today is that Mark Stahl's back in the lineup tonight, which is seemingly the one thing Quinn did right. And he takes Ryan Lindgren out, who has been one of the Rangers' best defensemen over the past three games since he's come up. And also now Leah Sanderson's yeah, out of the lineup. Yeah, Sanderson's going to be out. Which, you're preaching development. What are, you, like, what are you doing here? Well, I think bringing Mark Stahl back in at this point against the Detroit team that, again, you should be, you can't let this one slip away, I think it was the right move in the sense that he, it was three games, right, where he was out. Correct. It lit a fire under his rear end. He went out to the press. He was not happy, but he understood it. And I think you need some stability and a well-rested, motivated Mark Stahl I think can be more oh, dependable. Stop with the stability. Hey, you have three what, 21-year-old what, what, defensemen. What, Brady Shea's done nothing. What, what stability does Mark Stahl bring? He's bad. He's consistent. Look, he's he's consistently terrible. If he's well rested, and mo- I think a lot of it was a mental thing. Then he honestly. will be, t- he will be not tired, but still terrible. That 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 is Mark Stahl in a nutshell. Mark Stahl has not been an NHL player over the last three years. Of I his agree, career. and I've been a heavy critic of him. I I would say actually Brady Shea would be the one to sit because he just looked really bad in that last game, and he looks out of whack. Libor Hayek's the one to sit for me, honestly. Yeah, but I would go. I would. I would. I would point to development and say you want Lindgren and Hayek to play. All right, then don't do the double standard. Then then put Leah Sanderson back in. Then I agree. And put Leah Sanderson with two non AHLers and see how he does. I agree. Having Greg McKegg play over take Leah Sanderson's spot makes no sense. You guys concerned about Georgiev slash Longquist at all? No, no Georgiev was great. great. Georgiev St- had been great stati- until the Ottawa statistically, game. Statistically, uh, that goaltending tandem, if you look at the advanced metrics, has been one of the best in hockey. Mm-hmm. And Lundqvist has been terrific. Again, advanced metrics. And if you just the eye test, if you look at the scores of the games or maybe even the save percentages, uh, or not the save percentages, but probably goals against, it's not as beneficial towards their work, but... Uh, I didn't like Georgiev playing three games in a row. I think Lundqvist has been that good where you want to balance them a little more and you want to give them more even rest. But but I like that he's playing tonight. But, no, that's been the best part of the team, the goaltending. I mean, this is what happens when you're the worst team in terms of shot metrics. Yeah, I was about to say, speaking goals. of shot metrics, this team bleeds the defense, shots. Yeah, the defense Every game Lundqvist so plays, he saves 35 and shots. And not only do they bleed shots, they bleed a ton of quality shots. High quality shots. Like high danger shots, high danger chances frequently. It, it's bad. Like it, it's really bad to watch. I don't know how Hank hasn't completely lost his mind yet, but... There's just, there's oh, just no one I feel like I can... 
depend upon in the defensive core. I thought it was Truba, but Quinn has not been playing him a tremendous amount, and then he laid a dud on Monday. He, a horrible game. The only guy, the, the guy, their best defenseman has been Adam Fox by that's, that's a true. pretty sizable Fox margin been, thus far. Fox Trub- has actually been great. Truba on Monday, no points, a minus two, four penalty minutes, two shots, two hits, two giveaways. 19 minutes on ice. Not great. It's not really good. That's not, it's not, that's not very good against the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, no, Brady Shea, though, is the one who I'm most concerned about because he does actually have a lot of years left on that contract. And it was a contract that, when it was signed, looked really good if he could continue to develop. But it's now been, you're going on two and a half years now. It's not a slump anymore. And he looks totally out of place on the ice. Look, D'Angelo's 24. We kind of know what he is. Uh, We know what he can be, but I don't think he'll ever be a consistent defensive force but Shea was the guy who you tabbed as your two-way defenseman and he's just not that I understand it's November 6th I I understand that and that you guys didn't have expectations for the Rangers team this season I also understand that but if you don't win tonight there are some serious questions to be had yeah I actually think Detroit is pound for pound the worst team in hockey if you don't win tonight and in three days you've lost at Madison Square Garden to the Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings, there are some serious questions to be had in that building on Thursday morning. I mean, I think there already is serious questions to be asked at this point. I mean, we voiced them the last time I was on the podcast. We're voicing them today. I think regardless of the result tonight, there's a ton of questions that need to be asked about the coaching staff, the amount of guys who are frequently on the ice who clearly haven't shown that they deserve to be on the ice. Why a guy like Vitaly Krasov is over in Russia when he should be playing on at least the third line right now? You have Michael NHL. Haley playing. Why Michael Haley Bridgeport and Tiger Brendan superstar. Smith are Michael flanking Haley. Leah Sanderson when you preach development. Instead, your 20-year-old seventh overall pick from two years ago is playing with literally a terrible hockey player and a guy who's a defenseman who stunk so bad that the only reason he could save his career was because he can forecheck for a little bit, and they put him on the fourth line. It, it, it's they, There are plenty of questions already that need to be asked as a Ranger fan, and I, I listen, I don't think the result tonight against Detroit matters whatsoever. Well, well look, speaking of Leah Sanderson, there, there's been an interesting trade rumor floating out there. Oh, that Pugliarvi? Yeah, Pugliarvi? Uh, yeah, and there's been talk about Kreider for Pugliarvi, but it that the no the Oilers might want more, and it's Leah Sanderson. <laughs> want more, more than that's Chris Kreider. That fan side. Kreider, Kreider is a half season left on his contract. I don't care. Don't listen to a thing. Fan side. Puljujarvi is terrible. He's the fourth. I don't overall think. Pick I, don't think Puljujarvi, I don't think Puljujarvi. I don't think Puljujarvi's terrible. I think Puljujarvi's a pretty good player. He's, yeah. he's underperformed for his draft stock. He absolutely has, and he needs a change of scenery in my eyes. But I mean, Kreider for Puljujarvi alone is. That's highway that's, robbery. That's, that's terrible. No, that, like, <laughs> that's that, highway that robbery. Happen. I mean, you throw him Pooley Arvey. That's Everly for Strom times two. Pooley Arvey in a first, maybe, but that that's that's a. So no-go. what are you? So what are you giving up for him? That's Taylor Hall for Adam Larson for Pooley Arvey. I mean, I don't know. You give there's there's a ton of guys out there that they could realistically give up if they wanted to. I mean, they've got a lot of guys at Hartford. And a ton of defenseman prospects. I mean, maybe like even a Joey Keane or someone like that, but who I wouldn't give up personally. But if I'm going after Puliarvi, I mean, I could see Elias Anderson for Puliarvi slot yeah. making some sense. My, yeah, my, two my guys. That's what I'm saying. My only thing is, you haven't necessarily given Elias Anderson the chance to perform 
As that, I, I completely agree, Chris. We, I, as we discussed about that. at length on this podcast, you haven't exactly given him the chance to perform. So now you're going to trade him for Puyarvi. Fine. Now you're going to give him not the chance to perform? Because what's going to change? Because the number on the back of a guy's jersey Look, has changed. I honestly think... You understand? Not, you're I'm honestly not think, disagreeing with the thing you're saying, Chris. I don't I'm agree not. with this, but I honestly think the Rangers look at Anderson and see a bottom six center. Which is preposterous. Like, but how can you make that determination? And I agree with you, but that's what I think they would tell you. He's a bottom six center. Which is terrible organizational development. Terrible. And it, and it's a terrible recognition of talent in general. Yep. This guy's 20 years old. You've never played him with NHL caliber players. And you're already associating him with a guy who can only play eight minutes a night and can't play in a top six role. I mean, I, I just don't get how this organization can make that determination, especially with a new GM and a new president in the building. How, like, how can you say that and call yourself a team that's rebuilding, man? I mean, oh, man, that's terrible. That, that is really terrible. What are our Tommy Panarin's thinking right now? What are he's, nah, he's pretty happy. He's looking at his bank account and yeah. looking at being no, in New York. No, you look at his social media, he cool. loves it. No, come on. Chris, he has seven years on his contract. He's not worried about year one. Panarin he's is embracing also. being in New York yes. and being in the city and mm-hmm. being a ranger. Could which... also live in the city if you play for the Islanders, too. But, but you know what? He took less money because he wanted to be well, a me, New York ranger. And by the way, believe one me, last point. How about Igor Shesterkin in the AHL? He's been absolutely... On fire, fire amazing, pretty much just as we could have expected in the AHL. So you have three great goalies and with that, nobody to protect, pr- well, to protect Exactly. Them. Now it raises the question, what, I mean, I guess it, it would be Georgiev or just probably Georgiev who you would. Trade? Yeah. Because what are you going to do if you have, you have the best goaltender in the AHL is 23 years old sitting there. Eventually he's going to want to come up and you need defensive help. Who can you dangle to get that? Yeah. I think Kreider's probably leaning towards being dealt at the deadline, but I don't think you can get anything super substantial for him. He's, you can't get a he's top been very underwhelming so far. You can't get a top-flight defenseman for a half a year, Chris Kreider. I don't think, but we'll see. We'll see. It's interesting because, yes, yeah, Shesterson's going to want to come up, but I don't, I don't think that the Rangers were necessary. And I'm not saying that they're complaining. I don't think they're planning on Henrik Lundqvist being this good this early in the season because he has been good. So maybe, I, I don't know, maybe... Is Hank overliving his shelf life a little bit? Maybe. I don't know. But we'll see because that that is going to be interesting to see how they handle Georgiev and Shesterkin because you're certainly not going to trade Lundqvist at this point. Because I think they plan for him to at least live out his contract. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I th- I don't think they planned on Georgiev being as good as he's been. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so that that's going to be something interesting, I think, to watch. I, I don't think they end the season – Let's say draft day with three goaltenders of the yeah, skill that so. you can't. I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, I think Georgiev's the one that would get traded because I mean, realistically, goalie prospects have pretty much no value whatsoever. Yeah. So if you right, you, you know what Jorkin, you're getting if you get trade for Georgiev. Yeah, and you take the chance that Shesh Yorkin's going to be as good as he has been because he's been great in Hartford. Was obviously terrific in the KHL. So I, I think he's the backup next year, and they find a deal for Georgiev. To go start somewhere else because he he's proven capable of doing that for sure. Um, but uh man, there, there's a lot that needs to be sorted out before that even happens with the Rangers, obviously. And to go back to your point about Panarin, I, I think he knew the situation. Yeah, when I he think was coming I don't in think here. he was expect that. Even you two didn't think this was going to be this bad. I mean, listen, I mean, 
We're also only 13 yeah, and games. What's in, their, well, I, they beat the Lightning. They beat Nashville. They, they haven't been horrific all year. They've shown no. promise and potential. Good. They can build on it. it I mean, beating Lightning is good. They've shown flashes. Yeah, flashes. Like very which you can build flashes. on. Which you can build on. But, I mean, I, listen, I, I just think the coaching staff needs to be sorted out. Lindy Roth should have been gone a long time yeah, ago. I don't know why he's, he's somehow still, still here. I mean, you look at the numbers from Neil Pionk going to Winnipeg. Neil Pionk looks like a natural, competent defenseman in Winnipeg <laughs> right now, and Jacob Trouba looks like a scrub right now. Like, th- that that's what Lindy Ruff will do to you, and it, it's pretty sad to think that no one in this Rangers organization sees that. Because it, it's it's incredible how much they give up the blue line, and it's and a, it's allow not it's not just with just the Rangers. It was before this. It was before this too, so I don't get how no one's seen that yet. But I think it's time to, I guess, briefly touch on the Devils, who who look like they're getting their their act back we together. Have to? To, to me, the Devils are the stereotypical five hundred team where they're going to win some games. You're like, well, hey, they look pretty good, and they're going to lose some games. We're like, wow, that team is really bad, and then they're going to end up like with thirty ones, and that's it. And then they're gonna draft in the middle of the draft and do it again next year. They're not. They're nothing special. Yeah, they're not a playoff team to me. They their pieces haven't meshed together, and maybe they will in the later in the season, and they'll prove me wrong. But as of right now, their their pieces that they brought in haven't been meshing together at all. Taylor Hall's finished in New Jersey after this year. I wouldn't that, that's my take. What I about John Hines? It. Oh, John Hines is gone. John Hines might be fired at the All Star break. I could see it. But I, that would be a desperation fire at that point, even though I think he should have been fired after last year. Yeah, that's but what I said. I think it would be the right move, especially if they're in a situation where they're about 500, kind of leaking towards the deadline to kind of spark this team because they're, I think their only chance of keeping Taylor Hall in New Jersey is if they make the playoffs. And you got to do everything you can mm-hmm. to do that. And. If they show Hall that, listen, they're all in on making the playoffs and they fire Hines because of pure mediocrity, that might look good for Hall and the future of the organization going forward. And, I listen, I still don't think he's going to stay there. I no, think I he's going to get paid somewhere else and he's going to go somewhere. Oh, he's he going to get win. paid if he stays, too. He's going to get it, paid it's, for it's, sure. It's not a matter of oh, whether yeah, he gets course. paid. I mean, it's of the course. same thing as It's not a matter of whether he gets paid yeah. by the Islanders or not. It's a matter of whether or not he wants to be on a mediocre franchise. Yes. Which I think would also mean he'd be willing to take a minor pay cut to go somewhere else where he knows they're going to win, similar to what John Tavares did, obviously. Well, he didn't take a pay cut. Same amount of money. I mean, the Devils have I lost. I mean, he took a year less. Took a year less. And, right. and what, a few million dollars no, less? 11 mil per. Both. Did Islanders what, offered did, 88 over 11 over and a half? Or I, okay. So, 11 million dollar pay cut, yeah. essentially. So, which Hall would be doing, ha- essentially being have to do if yeah. he wanted to go somewhere else. I so. just don't think this New Jersey team is very good. And if they want to keep Taylor Hall, there's not much that they've done besides Hughes in whatever you would call a rebuild or a retool that you could look towards a oh, bright future. Um, to me, to me, to they are an irrelevant team next September if Taylor Hall's not on the team. No matter how good Jack they Hughes probably looks aren't if he is on the team as well. Unless you, they you make could some make more the changes. argument depending on how they draft and how they get in free agency outside of Taylor Hall. If Taylor Hall's not on this team, they're not relevant enough for but us if to Taylor consider Hall's them on being this in the team next, next year, year. And you also have PK Subban's contract on the books. There's not a lot of room, right? That too. Their goaltending is always going to be their their downfall as well. So even if Taylor was on the team, to your point, Mackenzie Blackwood's still going to be the goalie. I say that they beat Winnipeg 2-1 last night, and he played pretty well, but 
Yeah, Blackwood's been fine, honestly, since he's stepped into that role. He's rush. not a number one goalie. He's on a playoff. Oh, no, I agree with you on that. But it, it, it's Schneider, who I think is pretty much done. No, he's and done. That's, he's that's so a big, done. That's a big issue because they were depending upon him to be the number one guy. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, was really not smart. That, that trade didn't really work out for them very well, coming from Vancouver to New Jersey. He made the playoffs, what, twice for Schneider? With the Devils? With the Devils. Three times? Maybe. <sighs> Because he got traded right That's after a terrific the terrific question. They got traded. Well, they didn't. They had made the playoffs since 2012. I think he only made it. I think once. Was it only once that well, one year. Once. It was the one because year because it was after. Uh, yeah, after the run to the cup, they didn't make it again till uh, two yeah. years ago. And he wasn't Broder's backup yet at that point when they went to the cup. No, I think it was just. I don't think, think Corey Schneider was I the don't backup. Think he was either. So interesting. The Devils are not good. Yeah, but. I think we'll we'll wrap it up on that note. Thanks for listening <laughs> to today's episode. For Chris Hennessy, Jackson Heil, I'm Jack Caldwell.